It is a Monday. Welcome in, everybody. Hope your Easter weekend went well. I'm Steelman. That's Stone on the other side of the window, looking very dapper today. By the way, the uh, the hair is coiffed perfectly. Oh, thank you. Very yes, nice. I, I got it cut on Thursday. Had to get my pre-Easter. Uh, I'm impressed. Snap. I'm impressed for a man who's got thinning hair, and I'm not going bald. Want to make that clear, but there's not a lot there to work with. I will say that. I'm very impressed and jealous at the same time. All right. Uh, busy weekend, man. The OU softball team proved that uh, they're human. They lost to Texas. How about Texas celebrating like they just won the national championship? They lose the series. They fall behind Oklahoma in the Big 12 standings. If Texas had won that series, you know, they would have been <laughs> – in good shape in the conference, I still think Oklahoma would have found a way to win. But it was like they had won the one in Oklahoma City. Well, can you blame them? That shows you I the mean, stature that... of the OU women's softball program right there. There were tears of joy. Uh, it was like they had just won against the New York Yankees, the 27 Yankees. Because, again, Mike, like we were talking about last week, this is a college softball team that makes every other college softball team look like an eighth-grade softball team. So, when you get a win against this program, no matter how tight, no matter how unimpressive, no matter how stagnant it is, it is something to celebrate. And uh, I am disappointed, Mike. I am, because I had predicted that this team was going to go completely undefeated and not lose a game all season, which was a tall task, but I was confident. And for it to come to an end, for this brilliant run to come to an end at the hands of the University of Texas just makes it taste all the more sour, doesn't that's it? That's one of the things, and, and I'm sure that's why Texas was celebrating the way it was, taking down Oklahoma, too, to beat uh, your your arch rival, basically. But look, the Sooner softball team's going to be fine. They're 38-1. Oklahoma had its 40-game winning streak snapped. That's tied for the third longest in Division One history. And Haley Dulcini pitched well. She even pitched well in the opener against Oklahoma, got uh, the loss in that one, but again, allowing just two hits and two runs. Uh, Jocelyn Allen and Tiare Jennings went one of 19 in the series. That's not going to happen again. And, uh, again, the Sooners, uh, you know, Texas, uh, you can talk about stepping out of the batter's box, getting a break here or there, but the bottom line is Texas played well and beat the Sooners. And you've got to have a pitcher who's on fire that they're struggling with. Uh, even though Oklahoma's lineup again, there there are no breaks really in that lineup. But Texas wins the game. Gave the Longhorns credit. Four to two is the final. I feel sorry for North Texas though coming up tomorrow or Wednesday night at six thirty in Denton because I think the Sooners will be <laughs> pretty pretty focused uh, for that matchup. And then they have a weekend series at home against Iowa State Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But I want to start talking about the spring game coming up this weekend. Remember, Brent Venables, he is calling you out. I'm talking to you. Yes, you. You're the one driving. You're the one listening at home. If you're a Sooner fan, Brent Venables is expecting you to do your part this weekend. 3 o'clock for the spring game. The Baker statue dedication coming up at halftime. So, Brent Venables, you're, you're basically part of his team out there. You better be there coming up this weekend. You remember what he said recently. My expectations – or from from the fans and from the administration is no different than my expectations from the players and the coaches. You know, if, if best is the standard, then then everybody that's what our players deserve. You know, everybody has a part. Everything that we do matters in this program. How we show up on the spring game matters. We're gonna have recruits here. It matters. Our players are gonna bust their tails for this place in in 
September and October, November and December and January, okay, then we expect the best from, from everybody else, supporting the program the right way. Okay, don't matter how, what the temperature is, uh, what time it is, you know, you know, and where the sun is during the day, you know, what we're doing if we have a halftime show or not. Okay, what road or what way, what uniforms we're wearing, none of that stuff matters. Show up, okay, how we show up matters. Okay, send a message. If, you know, when we talk about this program being one of the, you know, most tradition rich and, and best programs in the history of college football, then show up with some pride on the 23rd. That's the expectation. All right, we got to hit the Air Comfort Solutions text line real quick because one of our listeners right off the bat sent in a very compelling question. Is this the Air Comfort Solutions text line? If so, I got a concern about this weekend's spring game. The chance of rain will no doubt run off the fair weather fans. How do we get them to commit to staying? I guess fair weather fans in that context can be interpreted quite literally. Yeah. I, I haven't looked at the forecast yet. But bring an umbrella, bring a poncho yeah. if it rains a little bit. I think I saw, and I haven't checked since this morning, It was there was about a maybe a 30 40% chance at one point. It's Oklahoma weather. It could change. It could end up being sunny. I look at the weekend forecast every week and chart it throughout the week because I'm trying to make my golf plans for the week and uh, I, I think they'll be you'll be all right hopefully but again if it's a little light misty rain you'll be fine bring a poncho bring a, an umbrella not one of those gigantic ones but a you know a good good one that will keep you dry you'll be fine I mean Brent Vittables will find you if you don't show up if you are like a season ticket holder and you're not there he doesn't care about you and your umbrella you heard him rain or shine you know what what Side of the stadium you're on, whether it's in the shade or in the sun, he needs you there. So why do you think, I mean, I think it's a pretty obvious answer, but why do you think that, I mean, we've heard coaches try and get fans to the spring game at Oklahoma for a long time, but we have never heard one as serious as Brent imploring the OU fans to get there and pack the palace on the prairie. Because he understands how important it is. He understands how important it is, not just for the confidence of his team, not just for them to know that as the new era of Oklahoma football dawns, they have the support of the entire fan base behind them. But he also understands that it's important as far as the public perception of Oklahoma football. Yeah, no doubt. And you want to particularly headed to the SEC where Oklahoma's going to have to step its game up and well, except for academics uh, in just about every facet of uh, the football program and look Oklahoma's already on a very high plane they're one of the best programs in the history of college football but the SEC that's that's maybe a little bit different level of fandom and I think Brent wants to get people knowing that look Tennessee has been very good for a while right but they're still man I, I don't know what their spring game attendance uh, is like but I would guess it's pretty darn good because they keep selling out the stadium and Sooner fans, they're ardent, loyal fans who've been with the program for a long, long time. Sometimes the students are a little bit wishy-washy. How would you critique the students in terms of the way they attend the games? Well, <laughs> there's no real effective way to critique college students because you're going to get – you're not necessarily going to get the same – 10,000 students in the building every single weekend, but you will get the same kind of 10,000 students in the building every single weekend. Most of them are going to be inebriated. Leave at halftime, maybe, that kind of thing. Is that still going on? Yeah, oh, that is very much yeah. still going on. 
they're going to be rowdy. It was, I mean, it was the student section last year that started booing Spencer Rattler oh, yeah. at the West Virginia mm-hmm. game. And was he playing well? No. Did he deserve that? Also no. So there's no real effective way to critique college students at a football game, Mike, because they're just going to do what they do. You get the exact same type of individual in a college football student section. Yeah, and I think the OU fan base as a whole is really good. They're loyal. They've been with the program. It's the most, you know, besides like God and family, it's probably the most important thing in in their lives, right? Most of them. But there are times where the fan base as a whole can be a little bit wishy-washy in terms of leaving a game early. I got to beat traffic or whatever. Okay, I get that. But, you know, like I said, this is going to matter more than it's ever mattered. Being in a game, staying at a game, uh, all of that stuff's going to matter more. And, again, perception is a big part of it, yes, and particularly because you were trying to show those recruits, you know, I know you're going to Tuscaloosa and you're going to see an unbelievable crowd, but guess what? We got the same thing in Norman. Uh, so, Brent, is, I, I like that he's basically saying you're a part of this. I mean, fans are a part of the equation, obviously, but more than they even know or realize, I think, in terms of where Oklahoma's headed as a program. So I love the fact that Brent is kind of saying, man, you want to talk OU DNA? You want to talk about, you know, recruiting rankings and your tweet and everything? Be at the game. Show up, show out, get loud, you know, and do your part. So I, I do think it's going to be a really good crowd. I think it's going to be a great crowd coming up this weekend. Now, it better be. Rain yeah, or shine. That's right. Jerry Schmidt could show up at your door, too. You never know. <laughs> You'd Wouldn't never that know. be terrifying? <laughs> That's right. I feel like he'd be the type of dude where you answer the door, he'd be like, "Drop and give me 20. All right, and you do it. Oh yeah, you you would have no choice but to do it. You're right. Okay, um, I want to get this on the Air Comfort Solutions text line today, and we've got a lot to talk about. OU softball. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs a little bit. We're going to talk. Did, did you pay any attention to the USFL? Because I got to tell you, I didn't. I, I did. Have, I, I, I have actually no interest whatsoever. None. I mean, I was sitting at home on that Saturday evening. You know, it's Easter weekend. Easter weekend is the one weekend every year where I don't feel bad about kicking back and just enjoying a break. Mm-hmm. You and should. So I was sit. I was sitting there at home, up in Nebraska. On Saturday evening. And I was like, you know what? I don't got anything better to do. I'll turn on this USFL game in the background. And so I turned it on. It was, it was bad football, Mike. It really was. And it's kind of understandable because they've only been practicing for something like three weeks. But, man, I, I, I find it hard to believe, having watched one game of the USFL, that that league is going to have any different of a fate than the AAF. Now, we've seen this movie so many times before. And, you know, maybe there's somebody, Staley, you ain't a football fan. If you ain't watching, you must not like football. No, I like good football. I like football that matters. The only reason I even watched the league a couple years ago was Bob Stoops coming back. And that's it. That's it. I just don't have any interest in it. I just don't. And I see people tweeting about it. I'm like, really? Um, You know, I like movies, too, but I don't like bad movies with actors who would never get a shot to be in a movie. That doesn't mean I'm going to the theater just because it's a movie, right? 
And that's kind of how I look at this. I mean, there was there was a kicker on one of those teams in the opening game on Saturday night that had literally never played football before, Mike. It was they they made a whole big deal about it on the broadcast. This was his first game of organized football ever. He was like a soccer player that played at Notre Dame, but this was his first ever opportunity to kick a really? football in a game environment. Yes. Hmm. But I mean that that's the type of player that you're dealing yeah. with on average in Look, the USFL. I'm happy these guys have jobs. If they love football and they're getting paid, that's great. I love it. I just don't have any interest. I just don't. Yeah. And I don't think I ever will. Um, you know, uh, the NFL has such a monopoly. The NFL and college football is enough for me. And that's it. Okay, uh, here's what I want to do. And again, we've got to talk about the OU women's gymnastics team. Incredible comeback, winning a national championship again for K.J. Kindler. The OU men were second to Stanford. Stanford was a heavy favorite. Uh, and Stanford ends up winning in Norman. we got to talk about that. we got to talk a little NBA playoffs. Baker Mayfield to Carolina is heating up. We'll get into that. we got a lot of stuff to get into. But on the Air Comfort Solutions tax line, and we'll do more football questions throughout the week, but – what is the standard this fall? Where do you put the bar at success or failure for Brent Venables in his first year and this team? Where's the bar set? Standard or failure? The standard for success or failure, where do you set that bar? Where do you set that bar? Let us know on the Air Comfort Solutions tax line 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Hope you had a great Easter weekend. And uh, we want to thank Lasher Home Comfort Systems. They're family-owned and operated, servicing the greater Oklahoma City area since 2007. You need an AC tune-up? Now's the time to get it done. Uh, Give them a call, 405-579-3113. Tim Lasher, great Sooner, great company. Lasher Home Comfort Systems. What is uh, your bar? Where is it set for success or failure for the Sooner football team in the fall? We'll get to your text. we got a lot going on today, so let's get it going. Mike Steely, Parker Thune here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network, coming right back. Okay, back with you on a Monday. Good to have you along. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, Steelman and Thune at noon here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network, the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Available to you, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. I, I, I think... If you're a football coach at Oklahoma, there are uh, two really important games that stand out above the rest that you need to win the majority of, and that would be the Texas game. I mean, think about Bob Stoops' record against Texas. Barry Switzer had a pretty good record again against Texas. Bud uh, was able to beat Texas, but you need to be able to beat Texas. You cannot lose a bunch of games to Texas. And then you've got to be at Oklahoma State. I mean, think about John Blake, Howard Schnellenberger, Sooner coaches who struggled, uh, lost some games to Oklahoma State. You've got, I mean, Sooner fans just expect that you, you've got to be at Oklahoma State. And Oklahoma State has a really good program. Mike Gundy has done an unbelievable job there. He really has based on uh, their, you know, and I know their facilities and everything is a lot better than it used to be. But still, you're – you're in the same state as Godzilla in your state, OU, and its long-reaching reputation is one of the best programs in college football since the 50s. And uh, so you already are almost like a lap down against Oklahoma. So he's done a fabulous job. And Oklahoma State, again, 
Uh, Sooner fans expect you to beat Oklahoma State. That would be my two main words of advice. Beat Texas and uh, definitely don't lose to Oklahoma State more than a few, more than once. <laughs> uh, because Sooner fans get angry at both of those very much. It's It's hard for me to kind of find an objective measure of success. Obviously, you want to beat those two. You want to beat those two every year, mm. regardless of whether or not it's year one of a new coaching regime or kind of a prove-it year or a year where you're not exactly sure what you're going to get heading in. Those are two games you want to win, and those are two games I think Oklahoma will win in 2022. To me, I would like to see Oklahoma go to the Big 12 championship. And I know there will be some folks that expect Oklahoma to win the Big 12 championship. That's fine. I'm not willing to go that far just because I am tempering expectations. This is a team that's going to have to make a very significant adjustment from a coaching style, particularly on defense, that was much simpler under Alex Grinch than it was than it will be under Brent Venables. And so, do I think Oklahoma's the odds-on favorite to win the Big 12 championship in 2022? Sure. But I don't want to put too much on them too soon. I think they will win double-digit games. That is my expectation. I would like to see them play in the Big 12 championship. If they play in the Big 12 championship in year one for Brent Venables, I don't feel as though anybody can be all too upset with that. Yeah, and but what would you say would be a failure? Let's say you lose to Texas. Uh, if you lost to Texas and Oklahoma State in a year, you know, that that's going to spell disaster. Um you know, Sooner fans, they, they would not handle that well at all. But what would be, like I said, what would be a, a failure for Oklahoma in this first season? Because there has, you're right, there is a learning curve there. I know Sooner fans are all excited and they think that Brent's going to be the next Bud Bobber Barry, and he very well may be. I love what I see so far, but there's still a learning curve. I think a failure. A failure is if you don't get to the ten win barrier. So nine. To me, this nine, is this, yeah. This is a team that has enough talent that you should win double digit games. I'm with you on that, and that would mean you would go nine and three during the regular season and like lose a bowl game. All right, let's see what the Air Comfort Solutions text line is saying. One listener says, "Not sure if I've decided, but either reach the conference championship game or win it." There you go. So we're kind of on the same page there. Another listener says, "Big Twelve championship is the standard at the very least." Another says a 10-win season and a New Year's Six Bowl appearance would be successful, a repeat of last year, and we riot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's that's fair. I understand where you're going, but they won 11 games last year. It wasn't as if last year was a down year. It may have felt like it because of everything that transpired in the month of November, particularly on Sunday Bloody Sunday. Oh, yeah. Right, but yeah. I, I'm not convinced that last year was a down year for Oklahoma. Did it fall short of expectations? Sure. But if a down year is 11 wins, that speaks to just how good and just how consistent of a program you have. And at that point, you're you're just a little bit spoiled. I will say it was a down year. I think it was. And I know the barometers that you put forth there make it sound ridiculous. You win 11 games, all of that, but you don't want a conference championship. And I think for so much of the season, they didn't play up to their ability. And part of that's Muleshoe and his sneaky ways talking with other schools half the season. Uh, but I would say it's a down year, in my opinion. 
Another listener says essentially exactly what I said, which is probably at least playing in the Big 12 championship game, although many will say winning that game. Kendall says Big 12 championship and college football playoff berth or bust. Hey, you get a set, you get to aim high, right? Another listener says, go tell BV those soft expectations and tell me what he says, LOL. Look, every single program in America starts out the season with the expectation that it's going to be the best year in the history of their program, right? No coach is looking their assistants in the eye right now around the desk in the meeting room and saying, you know what? Might be a rough year, fellas. No, everybody is of one mind and of one accord so that we're going to do everything we can to make sure that this is the best season our program has ever had. And obviously that's not going to happen for maybe one or two programs across the country. But I'm just saying my expectations are naturally going to be different from Brent Venables. Brent Venables is going to expect a lot more from his team than I will as an outside observer or than anyone will. As an outside observer, even though, I would hope. And even though they lost a lot of talent off last year's squad, there's no doubt. Uh, you know, they've done a good job bringing guys in, obviously, through the portal and uh, the recruiting. You know, they saved the recruiting class, which was very impressive. They're still going to be more talented than any team on their schedule. And maybe that yes. gap isn't as wide as it normally is, but they still will be more talented than every squad they face. Let's keep going here. I don't like but can handle losing a rivalry game. I hate losing as a three-touchdown favorite, a la Iowa State or K-State. That is a good point. That's kind of – that is something I would like to see disappear and I think will disappear. There was always that one game, whether they lost it or not, there was always that one game every year under Muleshoe – where the Sooners would just straight up lay an egg. Last year it was Kansas. That was the Sooners' worst performance of the year. Oh, Say what you will about bus. Baylor. That team was so ill-prepared. I mean, they had they had no almost no interest in playing that game. Was that the week of uh, Mule Shoe's disappearance from practice? No. That was Baylor no, week, No, that was right? the Baylor week. The week of the Kansas game, he gave everybody Monday off, though. Yeah, I mean. <sighs> so. Back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. A failure would be failing to win the Big 12. Another says, no reason this team can't win the conference championship at least. Lone scout here, expecting a 12-0 season. 10-2 can live with it. Anything lower is heart-wrenching. That's kind of what you were saying in not getting to double digits. And, uh, you know, failure is a strong word, but the expectations for Oklahoma football, it's almost as if, and they didn't win the Big 12 last year, uh, and that's why, again, that, it felt like a, a underachieving failure season to me based on the expectations. <laughs> One listener says, after the national championship game, <laughs> Brent Venables will proclaim, some people claim they're close, OU has arrived. Yeah, that, that would make Sooner fans very happy. If that happened. Okay, here's here's the one I want to close with for this segment on the Air Comfort Solutions sex line. I truly don't care. Brent will get us where we need to go eventually. I'm just glad Muleshoe is gone. Brent will make us competitive in the SEC. That's all I want is to be respected in the SEC. Look, folks, not that I am expecting it, or not that anyone is expecting it at this point, but 2022 might be a rough year. Let's say Oklahoma wins seven, eight games in 2022. Again, with as much talent as Oklahoma has on this roster, I don't think that's a realistic expectation. But maybe the injury bug bites, 
Maybe this team goes through some struggles as they continue to learn the scheme on into the, into the fall and they fall short of expectations. Does that diminish your enthusiasm for year two? For me, it doesn't. Because one way or another, when you give Brent Venables two years to turn around a program, I think you're looking at year two, and in general, right, year two under a new coaching regime is generally where the rubber meets the road. Nick Saban's first year at Alabama wasn't that great. Year two, he won a national title. Just like Bob Stoops did, Jim Tressel did it at Ohio State, and somebody uh, texted me and said, uh, you know, Stoops went 7-5 and five in his first year. Yes, but he was coming off complete rubbish, mites. That team was complete garbage. To get them to seven wins was a success. So, yes, and I remember Bob in the uh, freaking Shreveport, that armpit, you know, and the uh, presser, hey, one in seven games in the gold here. You know, Bob was still like, okay, yeah, we won seven games. You know, he was still like, we're going to win a lot more. And uh, that was the game they lost to Ole Miss, of course. Deuce McAllister had the uh, big kickoff return after the Sooners had the lead, and then they lost that game on a last-second field goal to Ole Miss. But, yeah, and Brent is in a much better situation than what Bob was in. It's not even close. Yeah, and here's here's what I'm getting at. If the Sooners don't win double-digit games this fall, folks, please don't fire Brent Venables. Please don't be on the Air Comfort Solutions text line calling for his head. Because come year two, that's when this Oklahoma football team, I believe, and I think a lot of people believe, that is the year where they will take a quantum leap. And that is the year where the system will be fully installed on both sides of the ball, and you'll be able to have confidence and comfort in the offensive unit and the defensive unit that Oklahoma's rolling out there on the field. And again, I'm not saying this won't be the case in 2022. I'm just saying... It may be until 2023, and if it doesn't happen until 2023, there's going to have to be some patience. There's going to have to be an element of grace levied to Brent Venables and the rest of this Oklahoma staff as they continue to pick up the pieces of the colossal explosion that Muleshoe detonated on his way out. He did. He absolutely did. He he's uh, he's pure evil. Pure evil, evil personified. All right, we're going to break right here. Good to have you with us on a Monday. Mike Seeley, Parker Thune with you on uh, the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. Hope that everybody enjoyed their Easter weekend. Let's keep that text line going, 405-651-3439 in the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We'll talk a little about Sooner women's softball, get into some NFL. we got a lot of stuff to cover today. A little bit of time to do it, so... Let's uh, let's get to women's softball and the Sooners actually losing a game. Say what? We'll talk about that next. Texas celebrating. Like it was the greatest win in program history as they uh, take down the uh, Sooners. Saturday, 4-2. to two. Oklahoma now 38-1, 8-1 in the league, and their 40-game winning streak which was tied for the third longest in uh, Division I history, is over. It was Haley Dolcini, the pitcher, allowed just two hits and two runs. Jordy Ball suffered her first loss, obviously. She's 16-1. and one. But you know what? I'm like Alfred E. Newman, the guy on the cover of Mad Magazine. What me worry? This is the best team in the country. Somebody is – they're going to have to lose two games – at uh, Hall of Fame Stadium in Oklahoma City. And that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. 
So, but uh, look, for Texas, they do beat their arch rival. I understand it's big, but it just, again, it shows completely the stature of where the OU program is that you've got players crying and rushing the field or jumping over the fences to celebrate that win after losing the weekend series and being run ruled in the second game. But congrats to Texas. So, are you of the belief that, well, losing a game is what I think was better for Oklahoma? No, no, anyway? no. Those people are stupid. No one, no one says that and actually believes it. No one. I, I don't believe that either. Do I think it may take a little pressure off? Maybe. I don't know. I That's, mean, if you're, if you're facing, a go, if you're in Oklahoma City at Hall of Fame Stadium and you're whatever, 48 no or whatever, I don't know what it would be at that point. I still don't think it would matter because Oklahoma is the best team in the country. And I, you know, in so many pressure situations, they've come through this year. I, you know, in some of these games, UAB, Tennessee, they beat UCLA, uh, uh, Baylor, obviously. They just they faced a pitcher who was hot. They were having issues with, and they lost the game. And they probably got it. Got a call that uh, they should have had on uh, Texas stepping out of the batter's box. It didn't happen because it couldn't be challenged. The so. belief that Oklahoma needed to lose a game, or that that was the best thing for this program—that's that's an astonishingly astonishingly poor take. I mean, that's one of the things you say just because you're trying to be kitschy with a take. You want to be different. You're not like those other analysts. You've got your own spin on things. No. Winning games is always what's best for a team. Now, you can make the argument that once you get into the Women's College World Series in that type of environment, you find a certain gear as a team that you didn't know you had when your back is against the wall. However, Mike, here's what I can tell you. And look, I played in those elimination-type baseball tournaments for years and years and years and years. You always play far more loose, far more free, far more relaxed when you know that one loss isn't going to end your season. And you know that you have that cushion there if you need it. And the hope is that you don't need it, but if you do, it's there. Mm Mm-hmm. So to me, speaking from personal experience as well as just common sense, no, I do not buy into the theory that Oklahoma needed a loss at some point in time. I think that's asinine. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of that theory either. It, it would have been great to see the Sooners win the whole thing and go undefeated, but that was probably pretty unrealistic. I mean, the best teams, you know, we think about the best teams, they – very rarely, remember that Patriots team, we thought, well, they're going to run the table. No, they didn't run the table. Um, you know, maybe John Wooden's UCLA teams back in the days, but they were operating on a totally different level. Um, you know, and again, uh, credit to Texas. They got it done. Dulcini was uh, was in the zone, and they just had problems, uh, you know, hitting the ball. I thought <laughs> for a minute they were going to come back, but it was a little bit too little too late. And Texas adding those extra runs certainly uh, made the difference late in the game. So the Sooner women will play North Texas coming up Wednesday night, 630 in Denton. And then this weekend, a home series Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 
uh, Friday night and uh, Saturday and Sunday, 1 o'clock games against Iowa State. How about the job, though, the OU women's gymnastics team did? K.J. Kindler wins a championship. What was it, 2019 was the last one? And uh, they're going to be in here in studio on during the Plank Show tomorrow. Uh, all the gymnasts are coming out. K.J. Kendler obviously is out here every week, and uh, that'll be a cool celebration. They were last after the first go-round, came back, had – you talk about pressure-packed performances. They they had to nail all those routines, and obviously they did, to come back and win the national championship. So uh, great job by K.J. Kendler and the Sooner women winning in Fort Worth. The OU men were second to Stanford. In the men's event uh, here in Norman, Stanford was the big favorite, and Stanford won. Even Mark Williams said, well, we knew Stanford was going to be tough, so we're kind of, you know, that if there's any any time that you're going to be kind of pleased with a second-place showing, it, this was the time for that to, uh, to happen. Okay, so congrats to K.J. Kindler, and again, uh, tomorrow during the Plank Show, the, uh, the Sooner women are going to be in here between 9 and 10.30, which will be pretty cool to hear on the radio. Okay, uh, anything going on recruiting-wise? I saw the Cowboys get a commitment from one of your uh, homies out of the state of Nebraska. Yeah, how about that? Zane Flores, three-star quarterback yeah. out of Gretna. I uh, I worked a summer job in Gretna for two years. Really? Uh, what kind of summer job? Bailing hay or shucking corn? No, it was, actually, it was an office job. Well, I say it was an office job. It was technically an office job. I ended up going out in the field a lot. It was for a tree company. So I would take customer service calls and like schedule service appointments. And then actually what would end up happening is most days I would be out running errands and taking equipment to the tree crews. But uh, they were based out of Gretna. It's about 20 minutes to the southwest of Omaha. So not too far of a drive at all. Um, Living in Omaha, (laughs) everything is just so close in proximity. Like in in Norman, for instance, and Norman is actually far smaller than Omaha, but if I have to get to the north side of Norman, if, say, I got to meet somebody for coffee off Tecumseh and I-35, mm. that's a 20-minute drive oh, to get absolutely. there from where I live. In Omaha, you can drive 20 minutes, be in an entirely different city, and it doesn't feel like that's a That's because the city planning in Norman way back when was not good. I think everybody was drunk. At the city planning meetings because it's like, there is no plan here. That's There's a very good chance. But no, on Zane Flores, uh, I'll tell you this much. He was a kid that first jumped onto my radar after his sophomore year. So this would have been spring of last year, just about a year ago. And I watched him in action at a couple of camps, watched him in action at 7-on-7. He can sling it a little bit. I never imagined watching him that he was going to be – Oklahoma State good. Uh, he seemed he seemed like a guy that would absolutely have several group of five schools to choose from. But to see the likes of Oklahoma State and Kansas State come knocking on the door and calling for his commitment, uh, it was very impressive to me to see how he accepted the challenge his junior year, led Gretna to a state title in Class A, which is the top classification in the state of Nebraska, and then obviously it comes with a wave of Power 5 offers thereafter. He had Missouri, he had Indiana, had Washington, yeah. Oregon State. Uh, but the Pokes, the Pokes end up with Zane Flores. 
62190 quarterback again out of Gretna, Nebraska. Zane Flores uh, committing to Oklahoma State. All right, uh, we got to get a break in here real quick. We'll come back and uh, we got a lot more to get to today. The Air Comfort Solutions text line is available to you at 405 651 3439. That is 405 651 3439. Sooner Spring Game, 3 o'clock this weekend. Baker statue dedication at halftime. Our pregame show begins at 1130 right here on the ref. Coming right back. Keep it here. All right. Hope you had a great Easter weekend. Welcome in Mike Steely Parker Thune with you. Riverwind Casino. How about some outdoor music with some great food trucks, some retail vendors. You can bring the pets. Is there something like that that exists? Absolutely. We're talking about uh, year six coming up on Beats and Bites 2022. It was a great idea when uh, it started, and it's still really a good idea and a great place for you to go hang out. Uh, coming up this summer outdoors at Riverwind, we start Beats and Bites 2022 with Night Ranger and Starship with Mickey Thomas. On May 28th, and again, you've got all the great local food trucks there, so you'll have so many food choices out there, retail vendors to do some shopping. Uh, June 18th, we'll have Everclear with Sister Hazel and Deep Blue something on the Beats and Bites stage. Then in July, two shows, the Randy Rogers Band on July 9th with a fireworks show to follow. And then on 730, which is uh, obviously July 30th, Scotty McCreary will have a show at uh, Riverwind at the Beats and Bites Festival. Coop Ale Works providing some great craft beer. And it's always a good time outdoors at Riverwind. You can get your individual tickets for all these shows right now at riverwind.com. They're only five bucks for each individual ticket. So Beats and Bites 2022 is nearly upon us. Uh, thanks to Coop Aleworks and the folks at Riverwind Casino. Another reason why Riverwind is simply the best. Uh, this running back from LSU, the Sooners would not dabble there again, would they? But this Corey Kiner. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Judging by how the Trey Bradford yeah, situation went it, down that last didn't summer. didn't work out too well, did Not it? An, uh, although running back is one of those positions where I can see Oklahoma making another addition. Here's what's important to note here. Right now, Oklahoma only has two open scholarships. The scholarships that would have gone to LT Overton and Micaiah Overton had they committed to Oklahoma. So what are they going to do with those two scholarships? There are going to have to be some decisions made. Now, I have it on pretty good authority that one of those scholarships is going to go to a quarterback. Beyond that, it's pretty much, well, take your pick. Portal now, quarterback or a quarterback? Uh, no, por- yeah, portal quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Portal okay. quarterback. Uh, or Juco, one of the two at this point. Regardless, then it becomes a question of, okay, what other position group do you really feel like you need to shore up? Now, Marcus Major has been banged up, has been – he he had to sit out quite a bit of practice uh, over the last couple of weeks uh, due to an injury that he was working through. So if he's back to full health by the spring game, then you got three scholarship backs with a fourth one on the way. And Gavin Sawchup, you got a you got a walk on who has really really opened some eyes in Tawi Walker. So maybe you're not concerned about the running back depth as much so as you would be about the depth at a position like wide receiver where maybe you lose a guy in the portal after spring ball. Maybe one of those lower-down wideouts in the room decides, you know what, I can find greener pastures elsewhere, and you have eight scholarship wideouts 
you'd like to be able to shore that up. Or maybe it's somewhere, well, it's not going to be the defensive backfield. They're very deep there. They're deep on the defensive line. Maybe it's a kicker, Mike, because mm. they don't have a scholarship kicker right now. And I'm telling you what, that may end up being a position of concern this fall. So in my eyes, here's how I see it playing out. Like I said, one of those scholarships is absolutely going to go to a quarterback. Anybody's guess as to which position group the other scholarship is allocated to. It might be tight end. Do you think you know center. who, who that portal quarterback is? Or I have a guess. I would I I don't want to throw my guess out there until I do a little bit more corroboration on all of it. Group of five, power five. Juco. Power five slash Juco. Hmm. Power five slash yeah, yeah, Juco. Yeah, it's not it's not a name you're gonna know. Okay. So not 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 worth given a whole lot of thought to. But I, I think I have a pretty good idea of who the quarterback they may be looking at is. Now it's just a matter of how quickly that all comes together. So, Corey Kiner, you wouldn't be 100% stunned if somehow he ended up at OU. I wouldn't be 100% stunned. I'd be surprised, though, because like I said, I think Tawi Walker has really, mm -hmm. really changed things in that capacity for the Oklahoma staff because – was there some concern about the running back depth previously? Sure, there might have been because, like I said, three scholarship backs, right. a fourth on the way in Gavin Sawchuk. Is four scholarship backs enough? It maybe feels a little bit on the lighter end of the spectrum, but Towie Walker, by all accounts, is looking like he's looking the part as a scholarship guy even though he doesn't count against the scholarship limit. So, All right, I know we got to get out of here for the uh, top of the hour, but did I see – did Dylan Edwards get another offer over the weekend? Or Oregon. Oregon. Yep. Old Dan Lanning. Dan Lanning. Kansas City's a stomping grounds, man. Really? I'm telling you. Ed, he's, he could be an issue. He very well could Is be an issue. Is there a hit man available? Kansas whoa, 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 whoa. Kansas Hold City up. mob or what? Are we, we're putting Are you, a hit out on Dan Lanning? Well, again, just like a, a – flesh wound just warn him that kansas city hit, hit men don't do flesh wounds steely <laughs> well like, how about a really bad hit man he, he offers dylan edwards and we're going to send out a really bad hit man <laughs> all right we got a break for the top of the hour we'll talk about baker to the panthers say what we'll get into that when we get back keep it here Okay, we are jumping in to hour number two. Good to have you along. Hope you had a great Easter weekend with friends and family, and welcome into Monday. How is everybody? Sooner softball team, what? They lost a game, yeah. They lost to Texas uh, over the weekend, 4-2. to two. Patty Gasso and company back on the diamond in Denton, Texas, coming up on Wednesday against North Texas. We'll be back home at Marita Heinz Field, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Friday night, 6 o'clock, Saturday, 1 o'clock, Sunday, 1 o'clock, against Iowa State in the Big 12 series. But uh, Texas pitcher Haley Dulcini pitched, uh, pitched very well in the opener and then, uh, again, pitched uh, really well in that closing game on Saturday. You know, here's another example of uh, how big OU softball is. We talked about Texas's reaction to winning the game. And, and I'm not saying they shouldn't have been excited. You beat your arch rival, and, you know, Oklahoma clearly is the best team in the country. Um, so, yes, absolutely they would be. But it was like they had just won the national championship. And then there were tears, and, I mean, the fans were, you know, going crazy. 
it was it was a monumental win for Texas because of the stature of the OU program. Longhorns had just lost the series. And had they won the series, guess what? They would have been ahead of Oklahoma atop the Big 12 standings. But the Sooners win two out of three. So, uh, again, great job by Texas getting it done. Dulcini was uh, very effective. But expect uh, – what would you put the over and under at Sooner losses at now? You still Are you at – you think it'll stay at one uh, for the season? I'm talking about the regular season. Over under 2.5 is what I'll set it at total. for the uh, Total for the entire season? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. I don't think they're going to – well, they got Oklahoma State at home. Um, I, I think they'll finish the regular season with just one loss. So – We'll see. Uh, baseball, Wichita State and the Sooners tomorrow night, 6.30 at Mitchell Park. Oklahoma won two of three uh, over the weekend. Well, really, it was uh, they also played Thursday. They lost to Lamar 14-11 to on Friday. Bounce back, beat Pacific again 10-2 to on Saturday. The Cowboys win uh, two out of three at West, West Virginia to lead the uh, Big 12 right now. Oklahoma State winning 13-3 uh, to on Sunday in Morgantown. All right, so there's a report out. Came out yesterday, Mary Kay Cabot, Cleveland Plain Dealer, who's covered the Browns for a long time, is considered a pretty good source in all things Browns, says that uh, she has information now that the Carolina Panthers are maybe the leading contender oh, to boy. have Baker Mayfield next year. Now the question becomes, are we going to take Mary Kay Cabot's word for it? No, I'm not. I mean, okay. I think she's well. a good reporter, but, I, you know, this time of the year when you have the draft coming up, which will be a week from Thursday, right? That is correct. And then you have uh, – I, I just think there are a lot of agents and other people planning stuff out there as well. I'm not saying there isn't any validity to it at all, but I don't know. I, do I take that 100%? Oh, yeah, no, no doubt about it. I don't because I think there's a lot of smoke – uh, smoke screens that come out this time of the year. And I'm not saying that she wouldn't investigate it. She's a pretty good reporter, but I don't know. I just don't. By the way, uh, on uh, Undisputed this morning, Skip, of course, who is still trying to campaign for Baker Mayfield, uh, as uh, Shannon, Shannon Sharp continues to say he's not sure that Baker's ever going to be a factor in the NFL again, basically. But Skip Bayless, uh, and by the way, part of this reaction – was a reaction to what Robbie Anderson, Carolina wide receiver, had on Instagram over the weekend. When he saw, he reacted to the Baker news that Carolina is now the favorite to uh, to land Baker Mayfield, or emerging as the favorite. And he put on Instagram, no! So this is part of the, uh, the uh, response today. Skip Bayless talking to his buddy Shannon Sharp, and Skip still believing that Baker will bounce back. Baker Mayfield, when he gets his shot, when when the decks get cleared and he gets a fresh shot with an organization that's not a clown show, he will once again show you why he's already proven that he's better than Sam Darnold. I'm not convinced Sam Darnold's even going to be the quarterback of the Panthers next year. And if I could ask one last question, does Baker Mayfield really want to go to another potential clown show in Carolina? No! Baker Mayfield wants Skip. Baker Mayfield wants a job. <laughs> he does. I love those two. They contrast each other so well. 
Shannon's right about that. But, uh, man, if you had your pick right now of what you think are realistic teams out there Seattle. for Baker, Seattle's still Seattle. number one. You wouldn't want to see him in Pittsburgh going against Cleveland? No. This is, I mean, those AFC, uh, those rivalries in the AFC North, just in general, those can get very bitter and very heated. And so, sure, that would be fun. But Seattle's a far better fit for him. You would get Baker it, against Kyler twice a year, too. Exactly. And not only that, but he's throwing to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett as opposed to Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. Not to say that Deontay Johnson and Clay, Chase Claypool aren't good wide receivers, but Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are two of the top 15 receivers in the league. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be uh, fascinating to see how it plays out. And I, I think it's going to continue for a while because uh, everybody is wanting to brown, the Browns to pay the, the chunk of that money because they're not going to be able to keep, you know, Baker on the, on the roster for $18.9 million. So um, I, I think, again, around draft time, maybe right after the draft, we're going to see what's going to happen with Baker Mayfield. But not Carolina. Not Carolina. Please. Baker and Matt Rule together? I don't know. Has your opinion of Matt Rule changed? Are you looking at him? Because he's it has been a clown show there. And I thought Matt Rule was excellent at Baylor. You know? Matt Rule is one of those guys, Mike. There are coach there are very few coaches. Very few coaches who have success at the collegiate level and have success at the professional level. In general, coaches either thrive in the collegiate game or they thrive in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Matt Rule is one of those that is far better suited to coach at the collegiate level than at the NFL level. I think Matt Rule to. needs to be a college football coach again. I think this is his last year in Carolina, and once the year is over, he will be headed back to the Power Five level as a head coach somewhere, and he'll get a he'll get a pretty dang good job because he's a really good coach. He's just not cut out for the NFL, and that's not a dig on rule. Again, like there are very few human beings who could have accomplished what he accomplished in the span of three seasons at Baylor. That was an astonishingly impressive coaching job that he pulled off from 2017 to 2019. Because that program was in shambles. It was. When he, took over. Yeah. he did. A, he did a fantastic shambles. job. I liked his personality too. I, you're right. There are very few who can succeed at both. One of them right here, in Norman, Oklahoma, and that's Barry by God Switzer. All right. But Jimmy Johnson, obviously, uh, with the Cowboys, Pete Carroll at SC in in Seattle. Who am I missing out on? Anybody else? Switzer, Jimmy Johnson, Pete Carroll. Yeah, the guys that can make that transition successfully didn't are few work and far out, between. Didn't work out for Nick Saban, right? Uh, uh, it certainly didn't work out for Urban Meyer. No. Well, Urban Meyer's a horrible human, too. So, <laughs> Lane Kiffin couldn't crack it. He had a shot with the Raiders. Steve Spurrier. And, yep, Steve Spurrier. I'm trying to think. There, there have been a whole bunch in recent years that have made the attempt. Jim Harbaugh was kind of one of those that went – well, he was head coach at Stanford. Mm -hmm. Then he was the head coach of the 49ers. Right. And then he turned back around uh, and went back to the collegiate game. I guess to be you the could head say Michigan. Harbaugh, Harbaugh had, had some success. Harbaugh yeah. is kind of that guy to me that's somewhere in the middle. He hasn't been. 
I, I'm not going to say he hasn't been successful because he has. But he's left some meat on the bone at both levels. So if there's one guy that hasn't been a flop on either level, but that also hasn't been an otherworldly success, it's Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. All right. Uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line available to you at 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. want to thank our sponsor for hour number two, the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72 for a great deal on a vehicle from the Seth Wadley Auto Group and the great guarantee oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you so yeah baker and caroline and no no thanks that would not be fun at all i don't know i I, would i be happy with seattle yeah seattle be cool the steelers would be fun but again you've got um the afc's a rugged road right now yeah which is why seattle is the and that division's super rugged i mean super rugged I mean, that's, uh, that's the most competitive division in football, right? I mean, Seattle is the best-case scenario any way you slice it right now. If he ends up in Seattle, I think Seattle might have something on their hands in 2022. That's a team that could contend for a playoff berth. If he ends up anywhere else, then you worry, well, is he in a, is he in a situation where he's going to be able to have the type of year in 2022 that's going to earn him looks uh, as far as a second contract to be a starter. Yeah, and a draft uh, is coming up, the NFL draft, a week from this coming Thursday. All right, we're going to take a break right here. Come back. We'll uh, <clears throat> we'll be looking for your texts. Uh, you want to text us? We, uh, what are you looking for this weekend in this spring game? Hour number one, we thought, what's the bar for success or failure in Brent Venable's first season? What are you looking to see? What will you be looking at this weekend at the spring game? Remember, you are contractually obligated to be there. Brent Venables will be looking for you. He's got a list. He'll be checking it twice. If you're not there, Jerry Schmidt will be knocking at your door. All right, stay with us. Be right back here on The Ref. This weekend, the Sooner Spring Game, 3 o'clock. Our pregame show begins at 11.30. We'll be over at Balfour on Campus Corner. Looking forward to it. The Baker Statue Dedication Ceremony will be at halftime. And, again, Brent Venables has called you out. I'm talking to you. You. Be there. Be there or face the consequences. I'm not sure what the consequences would be, but uh, he sounded very serious about you being there. So, anyway. Let's see what the Air Comfort Solutions text line is saying. One listener says, picking, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to assume that's poke salad? Picking poke salad in Pittsburgh, Texas and listening to Steely and Thune? I don't know. It could be poke salad. All right. Well, there you it go. It could be. Enjoy. Could, there could be some salad down there called the poke salad. I didn't know there was a Pittsburgh, Texas. Did you? I didn't either. I knew there was a Pittsburgh, California, Pittsburgh, Kansas, obviously Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'm gonna need some geographical help as to where exactly Pittsburgh can't or Pittsburgh, Texas is. Yeah, let us let us uh, know. Pittsburgh without the H, by the way. Pittsburgh, Texas. One listener says, "Good afternoon from Minneapolis. The Toronto Argonauts have the CFL rights to Baker Mayfield, although that'll never happen. How? 
I, I'm legitimately curious. How, I don't know. I, did I, they draft him? I, who knows? Like, I, I mean, they, they, they had to have drafted him, right, or something. Maybe they just kind of went under the radar. That, that makes me really curious as to how things work up there. CFL in the Great White North. J.C. Watts was with the Montreal Alouettes for a while, or was he an Argonaut? I'd have to go ahead and Google it up. Um, I can remember that um, – Vince Ferragamo played there for a while. I think he was with the Alouettes. And I think David Overstreet, also a former Sooner running back who played in the same backfield with Billy Sims, played there with him in the CFL. Warren Moon was a, a legend of the CFL before he came to the NFL. So, But I thought that J.C. Watts played there. So, anyway. Another listener says, I believe it's in northeast Texas. Northeast Texas. So. Texas. We can get some uh, get some confirmation on what that. Else if anybody is up knows in, for sure. What else is up in uh, Northeast Texarkana? Really? Yeah. Okay. You ever been there? Have not. I've been to Arcoma, but I've never been to Texarkana. Interesting. Where is Arcoma? It's I mean, I know right, it's I know it's yeah. on the Arkansas Oklahoma border, but it's whereabouts? Right. It's uh, right there. It's I think it's on the way to Fort Smith. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, and that it's been so long. We used to have family there in Arcoma back Arcoma. in the day. My aunt Doris lived there, so we would go visit her, <laughs> and my uncle Levi. Okay, one listener says polk salad. Polk salad is terrific. But the pokeweed is actually poisonous if picked too early or too late. I hope that guy knows what he's doing. Really? So apparently he, he spelled it out, poke, okay. poke salad. Uh, pick, it, so he's saying he was picking poke salad or enjoying poke yes, salad? Yes, yes, picking, picking poke. Well, he spelled it poke, like as in okay. Oklahoma State, poke salad. Then a couple listeners corrected him and said, polk salad, i.e. James Polk, the 11th president. So... Why would you see? I'd be the guy that what happened? Well, he picked poke salad too early and he ate it and he's gone. I'd be that guy, so I wouldn't mess with poke salad. I'm just, I'm so accident prone. I would be the dude. What you mean? This is poisonous? What you know? You don't, you don't have a green thumb. <laughs> no, I'm the opposite of green thumb. Shay does. My wife's very good at gardening and all that stuff, but I don't believe in gardening. It's too difficult. All right, one listener says, did Seattle's offensive line suddenly get better? No, and that's going to be the lingering yeah. concern, even if Baker Mayfield goes there. They're going to have to bulk up that offensive line in the draft, which I figure they will because that's been the bugaboo on Seattle for at least three or four years now. I mean, mm -hmm. it's consistently been an issue. And you could get away with it with Russell Wilson to a certain extent because Russell Wilson's one of a kind. And talented as Baker Mayfield is, he's no Russell Wilson. So uh, even if Baker Mayfield were to be a Seahawk, that is an issue that they need to remedy and remedy quickly. As far as what people want to uh, want to see in the spring game, one listener says, I'm looking for, one, Lebby's offense. Is he running the Art Browse offense with the wide offensive line splits and wide outs lined up outside the line numbers? And two, who is starting at middle linebacker? Deshaun White? Question mark? I don't know. That, that'll be that battle between Deshaun White and David Aguebu mm -hmm. I think is going to be compelling because Danny Stutzman's going to start. You know that. That is not even a question. The middle linebacker is as much of a mystery to me as that cheetah position, which is that hybrid linebacker nickel. Mm -hmm. You figure Jaron Canick's going to be in the mix. Justin Harrington's going to be in the mix. Uh, maybe TD Roof gets in the mix. That that might be the guy that we're not talking about enough is T.D. Roof just because of how much football he's played. 
Another listener says, I want to see how players on both sides of the ball adapt to the new systems. We know that play calling on both sides will be bland, but we should see some evidence of how players are picking the systems. Why is it, Mike, and you're going to have to help me on this. It seems like a pretty recent phenomenon that coaches are paranoid about calling certain plays or Mm -hmm. diving too deep into their playbook during the spring game because they're afraid it's going to be a competitive disadvantage come the fall. Because football coaches are the most paranoid coaches in the world of athletics, I think. Um, In my opinion, I I don't know. I mean, if you're going to run a play, can't you run it out of a different formation, disguise it a different way? But football coaches are just like that. Okay. Paranoid. Uh I, okay, back now, to the- Muleshoe was one of the worst ever. In fact, I don't think there was ever a more paranoid coach here than Muleshoe. No, there certainly never was. And Muleshoe is the uh, crown prince of paranoid coaches. Mm-hmm. That man, w- I, like, let's think about all the paranoid things that he did uh, over the course of his tenure as Oklahoma's head coach. He... Well, I shouldn't say he didn't let anybody into practice. Practice availability was very limited and very scarce. Uh, He definitely kept things dumbed down in the spring game. Didn't really show much of anything. Obviously, there was his whole spat with the OU Daily regarding the quarterback situation and Spencer Rattler and Caleb Williams the week of the TCU game. It was a laundry list of things that Muleshoe was entirely all too paranoid about. Okay, uh, we have some disagreement on the Air Comfort Solutions sex line. One listener says, it's not polk. Them people are idiots. Another says, it is poke salad. If you don't cook it right, it will kill you. Good Lord! Another another listener says, polk salad is terrific, but the polk weed is actually poisonous if picked too early or too late. I hope that guy knows what he's doing. Um, polk salad. I, I'm so confused. Is it polk salad? Is it poke salad? We have people in two distinct Maybe there's a polk and a poke. Uh, polk salad must be boiled and drained three times. Eat it mixed with scrambled eggs. Uh, why? I, I've just never hmm. heard of this. Like, I've, I've never been much of a salad person, so that could be why. But all of this is news to me. <laughs> Mule shoe is the Black Sabbath of coaches. <laughs> Says one listener. But I like Black Sabbath, you know? That's the deal. Yeah, I mean, of course you do. I was just listening to uh, War Pigs the other day. It's a great political commentary on the War Pigs, the politicians. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna look this up now. Uh, first I'm gonna Google Polk salad. Okay. Then I'm gonna Google poke salad. Oh, look at that. I Googled Polk salad and it brought up the pokeweed wikipedia page okay there you go phytolacca americana also known as american pokeweed not pokeweed but pokeweed is a poisonous herbaceous perennial plant in the pokeweed family phytolacaceae i i'm not nearly <laughs> so- as it is p o k e not p o l k because somebody is just saying it's polk Polk salad is a salad, more like stewed spinach, okay? Okay, it's sometimes referenced as polk salad, though, when made into a salad. So, this this was not the direction I expected this to go. Okay, I remember these. I used to have one of these plants in my front yard growing up. I never knew what it was. 
Never thought it was edible, mm-hmm. but apparently this is a thing. Pokeweed salad, also occasionally known as polk salad. We learn something new every day on the Air Comfort Solutions. Somebody is saying it's spelled P-O-L-K but pronounced poke. My granny used to say it is poke salad. Uh, this is, it's polk. Yeah, this, people are so divided on this. There is dissension on the Air Comfort Apparently, Solutions text Apparently, we, we don't know anything about the poke salad, but all I know is if there's a chance of... I, I'm the uh, guy who always has a disaster around the corner, so I would not eat it because I know I'd get poisoned somehow. No, legit, like, regardless of whether it is poke salad or poke salad, and I'm not sure how we came to this debate, one way or another, this is not a salad that I am touching with a 10-foot pole. It's because that's right. It, like, if, you tell, if you're telling me, hey, this is poisonous, but I've prepared it in such a manner that it's safe to eat. I'm still not going to trust that. No, I'm not either. What if you only boil it two times? You could be working for Putin or the Russians for all I know. I don't know. And you give me a poke salad that hasn't been drained properly, and all of a sudden... And even if you did do it the right I'm way... Done. Even if you did do it the right way, I wouldn't be able to chew and swallow a bite without thinking, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, am I going to die? I know. And then once you you could just get a little stomach ache or something and think you're a goner, right? So can't believe Steely doesn't know the oldie song uh Apple Salad Annie. I mean I'm old, but I'm not totally decrepit. I I don't poke salad Annie by Elvis. Oh. I didn't I've never heard that one. One listener says it's nasty. Another says, Google it, it darn sure ain't polk. Who would have known we would have a poke, polk <laughs> salad this is controversy legit, like, today? Like, the texts are flying in. <laughs> I've never seen the text line move this fast. Poke salad is greater than Lincoln's brisket, yes. <laughs> Probably has more uh, flavor and juice, too. Everyone says it differently. It is all the same. Kind of like you saying it and Coach O saying it. Going to sound different, but it is the same. There you go. This is – I can't even remember how we got I am not a is, salad expert. The only salad I really like is a Caesar salad. So I, I don't I don't have a solid repertoire of salads. I, I'm a one-pitch pitcher when it comes to salad. I just throw the Caesar and that's it. Who knows that our devoted listener from Pittsburgh, Texas, was going to start more dissension on the Air Comfort Solutions text line than we have seen since November 29th. I ain't eating anything called a poke salad anyway, because you know why? It sounds like an OSU salad to me. Would I eat a Longhorn salad? No. Would I eat a poke salad spelled P-O-K-E? No. You give me a good solid Sooner salad and I'll eat that thing all day long. Ah, the war pigs. I mean, how cool is it to have a bassist named Geezer who wrote a lot of the lyrics for Black Sabbath? You had an Ozzy, you had a Geezer, and you had Tony Iommi, who was a great guitarist. Black Sabbath. The war pigs are still out there, too. Vladimir Putin, war pig. This really was a good... The lyrics are pretty good on this song. But Mom and Dad thought it was devil music, and... Some of it was, but not all of it. So anyway. All right, we'll take a break right here and continue our discussion on varieties of salads next here on The Ref. 
Gosh, today is such a fun day on this show, Steve. I mean, who First would have off, imagined that we would have a, a big – the big controversy on the show would be Polk salad versus Poke salad. And also, right? we just ran a Kubota commercial. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard a Kubota commercial since I was – 17 years old, working the Iowa football broadcasts at the Omaha affiliate. There you go. Because, <laughs> you know, Iowa football, like, they're just advertising to a whole bunch of Iowa farmers. Every single commercial is something ag. Mm, I bet. So, uh, that's a, that unlocked a core memory. The Air Comfort Solutions text line is popping off. First off, we have that listener that says, There are people listening about to lose their mind. Quit talking about Sadly Talk football. Oh, but that, the, that the rest old, of the Air Comfort Solutions text line is having a blast. <laughs> <laughs> One listener says, Granny's sitting up in her grave right now. <laughs> oh, uh, name man. of the album is Paranoid. That's the Tebow reference. With reference, of course, to the Black uh, Sabbath. D- there you go. Yeah, you're right. And Paranoid was like their first album, and it was a great album, man. It had that song, Paranoid, we just played. It had War Pigs. It had Iron Man. So it's considered one of the great, maybe the first, uh, y- you could make an argument, it might have been the forerunner of heavy metal. So it's a, it's a huge album. You're right. Good. I should have recognized that. One of our Tulsa area listeners says, Last week it was haircuts and floating underwear. This week it's poke slash polk salad. Never a dull moment on this show. Keep it going. <laughs> the floating underwear story. Yes. Somebody says, I'm from Pittsburgh, Texas, too. Screw salad. Eat hot links. That's right, man. Yo. That's a Texan through and through right there. Somebody points out Tony Joe White recorded Poke Salad Annie. Ah, this oh. is all this is all Greek to me. I'm too Nebraska. Tony to be. Joe White had to have played at Alabama back in the day or one of the SEC schools. Anytime you have two first names, you're more likely to have played in the SEC. <laughs> Somebody says, Isn't a poke salad what Mama Snell spiked Daddy Snell's coffee with on Ozark? I haven't watched Ozark, oh, so maybe. I thought, yes, there was something that, you know, I don't want to give away too much. By the way, April 19th, that is, that's tomorrow night. Ozark comes back. The last six episodes, right? The last six. So t- tomorrow night, there you go. I don't know. See, I, just, I don't have time for Netflix these days. I wish I did. I just don't. So uh, all, all my buddies buzz about Ozark, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, well, I, I'll get into it at some point. Not now, but maybe over the summer. Mm-hmm. Okay. One listener says, or rather asks, is it going to rain Saturday? T-Row and TJ said BV won't allow it to rain. Does BV control the weather too? No, but Jerry Schmidt might. Could be. I can see Jerry Schmidt out at midfield doing a rain dance like Ted in How I Met Your Mother to try and keep it from raining. Let me see. Uh... Or Jerry Schmidt would just stare at the clouds a la Chuck Norris and they would part. 24% chance of rain at, well, let me look at three. That's two. Um, and 23%, but 23-mile-an-hour wind, 78 degrees. Ah, the wind just, I, I'm so tired of our wind. But it's never going to change here. Yeah, but it's, You've lived it, in Oklahoma your whole yeah, life. Yeah, I know. It's like sometimes you're like, oh, great, it's going to be 42 degrees at 7 a.m. I can go play golf. Oh, but the winds are 28 miles an hour. Yeah. So anyway, uh, it looks like there is a chance it might rain Saturday evening. I'm seeing 44% on my app here. 
But during the uh, the hours of the spring game, it's looking like it's in the like twenty five percent range, something like that. So, so we I, should should be good. I have a uh, I have a rain poncho in my camera bag that Caleb Williams' mom handed to me before the Kansas State game last October because we all thought it was going to rain that day, mm-hmm. but it didn't rain, and it's just been sitting there ever since. So I will bring it. Hopefully I won't have to use it. Rain on the spring game. Wouldn't love to see that. Did it Baker. have an SC logo on that <laughs> rain poncho you got? Better, better open it up and check. <laughs> okay, back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. If y'all ain't had Pittsburgh Hot Links, y'all ain't living. Pittsburgh Hot Links. Apparently this is a thing. Okay. Again, I just I I haven't spent nearly enough time in Pittsburgh, Texas, or any time in Pittsburgh, Texas, to be able to understand the uh, cultural references being made here. Now but. they're sending us pictures of poke salads and the poke weed. So, gosh, this is uh, this is legit the most action the Air Comfort Solutions <laughs> text line has had since probably National Signing Day. Yeah, it's going crazy. Gosh, I just... I guess, see, maybe I'm not a real Oklahoma because I've never had one that I know of. Well, so. clearly you're not a you're not a true Texan. Not a Pittsburgh Texan, mm-hmm. at least. Uh, since the middle of last season, this comes from the text line, I've been demanding to see more of Marcus Major. Where do you rank him on the depth chart pre-spring game? RB2 or RB3? Man, that's a good question. I think Eric Gray won, but Javante Barnes is kind of like on the Billboard Top 100 soaring up. Yeah. And Marcus Major. The one thing about Marcus Major is he's had moments, and there's not, uh, there's still a lot of tread left on those tires, right? You'd hope so. Like, I mean, here's the thing. If you're asking me to pick whether he's RB2 or RB3, three, I think I would actually say neither. I think he might be RB4. Really? Mike. Yeah, because people are that impressed with Towie Walker, and Marcus Major's been battling through an injury. Yeah, I, I heard so he's been at, banged up. As of right now, and I'm not saying it will be this way come the fall, but as of right now, I would actually say Marcus Major is fourth on the depth chart. Wow. And I look, I think Marcus Major's a pretty good player, too. Um, you know, I'm not saying he's like this world-class NFL talent, but he's had his moments. He has had his moments, so we'll see. Quit talking weather. Let's get back to the poke and the links. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another listener says it shouldn't matter about rain. BV already challenged us. Yeah, no yeah. fair weather fans hey, allowed. Hey, we talked about that in the first segment, man. There's this thing called an umbrella or a poncho. You'll be fine. A little bit of rain won't hurt you. You'll be just fine. Somebody says you need a goodwill that poncho, Parker. We don't need no charity from USC moms. That was very nice of Caleb it was, Williams. It was Mom. very nice. Where like, was, where was I, this in Manhattan? Where was yeah, it? Yeah, Manhattan. I, I very much appreciate the gesture because, you know, I'd, I I hadn't packed for there to be rain because I don't think rain was in the forecast until, like, the morning of. Mm-hmm. And so I just – I'm down there, and she tosses me a poncho. I was like, if you need it, here it is. I was like, beautiful. Well, I, I got something to keep my camera dry if I need to. That's which, good. Good for her. Yeah. You know, it was interesting. SC, they, they had some uh, audio from Caleb that I saw last week, and I thought, you know, listen to him talk. I still like Caleb. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's – he's, he's a likable character. He is. Like, he's, he's very articulate and, all, you know, and then once Muleshoe stepped to the podium, I had to turn it off because I'm like, this is nothing but lies right here. Pure and simple. 
But um, yeah, it, it's uh, it's going to be interesting, man. I, OU fans will be up a little bit later to see some of the. They're going to be rooting against SC quite a bit. Or do you think that's died down significantly? No, they'll be rooting against USC. From now until whenever Muleshoe is relieved of his duties as head coach or takes another job, they will be rooting fervently mm-hmm. against USC. You cannot expect anything less. Air Comfort Solutions text line, Steely, you're a city boy. Polk salad mm-hmm. is pure country. Mm-hmm. Please tell me you know what morel mushrooms are. I have no idea what a morel mushroom oh, is. Oh, I know what morel mushrooms what are. What is it? Oh, it's, just, it's a mushroom. I think, I'm pretty sure those are the mushrooms that grow underground. Now, I could be wrong here, but from my understanding, it's like, and they're like specific breeds of dog that are mm-hmm. trained to go find these morel mushrooms. I think they're the ones that grow underground. They look like... They look like giant raisins with a uh, with a stem. What? Really? Yeah. yeah, they're just like the mushroom itself looks like a raisin. It's wrinkly and I think they're pretty expensive hmm. too. So like, is it like a gourmet? Deal? Yeah, it's like a gourmet thing. It's like you go to a classy restaurant. Okay. Can th- there'll be something on the menu that includes morel mushrooms. Well, I think the, I'm right on this. Per, you're right on the text line. Oh, it's undergrad. That's truffles. Truffles. Yeah, there we that's go. what I was thinking. Truffles were... Truffles. Uh, so, truffles are the ones that grow underground. Man, we will not be opening a restaurant. That's no, for we will sure. not. Uh, and he's right. I am a city boy. I'm not pure country. I, I've i rebelled against everything country, including most country music. So, yes, I'm a city slicker. One of them whiny soy boys. Uh, another listener said, literally, right as we were reading that previous text, if you were going to discuss Polk salad, go ahead and open the morel mushroom discussion. <laughs> and, and we promptly did that. Okay, one final text before we hit a break. I live in South Dakota. Will the game and the Baker celebration be on TV? It'll be on Soonersports.com. By the way, yeah. shout out to the homeland. My entire family is from South Dakota. Really? A little town out there in the middle of the state called Murdo. Murdo, South Dakota. So, but you were born in Nebraska, though, right? I was born in Texas, Mike. What? Yeah. Whereabouts? Oh, in you, Texas? You, you know the answer to this. What did you tell me before? And I've already yeah. forgotten. Yep. Old man memory, yep. short term memory. Okay. Uh, what part of Texas? You want to take a guess? Lubbock. No, thankfully Lubbock. not Lubbock. Okay. Austin. Oh. I was born in. Longhorn country. Hmm. I only wow. li- I only lived there for the first two years of my life. But yes, that is where I entered this world. And you wound up at Oklahoma. You were at two of the biggest rivals in Sooner history, in the history of the Oklahoma football program, Lincoln and Austin. I know. I was. I, was, I mean, Nebraska, the state. I of. like to think I was doing the Lord's work, bringing light to the darkness. Parker has been eating rabbit poop, thinking it's high in <laughs> mushroom. <laughs> Oh, people are having too much fun uh, this is, on the Air Comfort Solutions. Yes, we will not be going into the restaurant business. There is no doubt. Can you imagine Gordon Ramsay dealing with us? Oh, he would blow a gasket. Aberdeen, South Dakota, baby. Josh Heupel. That's that, right. So yeah. says somebody on the Air Comfort Solutions text. Yeah, no junior college. I, I ran into Josh Heupel at the coaches' convention in San Antonio in January. Did and, you? Uh, yeah, we chatted briefly about hmm, our South Dakota roots. But, yeah. 
right, we got a break. Man, uh, it's so busy. I, I wasn't even looking at the clock. We're way behind. So uh, let's get a break in here. Thanks again to our uh, Hour 2 sponsor, Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72 for a great deal on a car or truck. And that great guarantee, oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. Well, it's a Black Sabbath Monday. It's kind of the opposite of Easter Sunday, but it's, yeah, that's what we're rolling with here today. Keep it here. We'll be right back. Uh, this this is Poke Salad Annie. Oh, okay. I've heard this song. You have? Yes. Then why didn't it does, ring a does, bell? Does it go, Poke Salad Annie? Is that it? Yes. Oh, okay. I didn't know it was a poke salad. I Gosh, just... this is my favorite day in the history of this show. Here Air Comfort Solutions text line. One of our Lawton area listeners says, The pride of all things Oklahoma recruiting is talking poke salad and hot links. <laughs> what would Locked In think? Well, we'll find out in about uh, seven minutes or so. Here Look. it is. All right, so we're going to get to the... This is... I have heard this. <laughs> I had no idea it was poke salad, though. Oh, man, That's Tony Joe White. He's got to be from SEC country. I would say he was born in Tennessee, Louisiana, maybe Georgia. Poke salad. Okay, well. Nothing gets past you. Like I said, but I didn't know those were the lyrics. I just remember that song. But I, like I said, clearly we don't know anything about poke salad. So, oh my goodness! Uh, our our South Dakota listener says the great Senator John Thune and his dad, basketball stud. Yes, that is that is my family right there. The pride of Murdo, South Dakota. My great grandfather is the greatest man I've ever known. Wait a minute, you it, he was a senator? No, 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 no. Uh, okay. Senator Senator John Thune. He is currently the minority whip in the U.S. Senate. Okay, he's. The youngest son, or second youngest son, excuse me, of my great grandfather. So he's technically my, he's my grandfather's brother. So I guess that's your great uncle, hmm. I suppose. But my great grandfather, he passed away in 2020 at the ripe old age of 100. Wow, and that's amazing. Did about everything under the sun in those 100 years. Was a decorated war hero. Is in the uh, athletic hall of fame in the states of both South Dakota and Minnesota. He played basketball on Minnesota's team in 1939 that I believe went to the final four. Really? Of course they wasn't it wasn't the That's final awesome. four then, but mm-hmm. uh yes, great grandpa Harold, he was a uh, quite a fellow lived in the same three-room house in Murdo, South Dakota for I want to say 67 years. Clean living, I bet. No doubt. That works. See, if you eat hostess stuff all the time like me, that's not clean living, and that's why I feel like junk like for the last week, I'm sure. But I got I got an NIL deal with them, so yeah. So anyway, you still on the raspberry zingers, or <laughs> no, have you? Uh, I've uh, backed off those a little bit. Oh, what's your uh, what's your product of choice? What's the? I'm trying to go back to healthier protein bars, but for whatever reason, like I said, yeah, somebody said that Elvis did a, a cover of that song, but I definitely I remember that song, but I just didn't know it was Poke Salad. I just remember it was something about Annie. 
Somebody said, you know, pokes out after today. This was fun. It was fun. These are always the best days on this show where I could walk away like, you know what? I learned something today. I must say, I, I lost control of the show today. I think we lost control, but sometimes that's a good thing. You know? This was definitely a good thing. deviate from the plan. And I had no idea today would be very educational about when you should be able to eat a poke salad and when you can't. Because keep in mind, it's very dangerous. Man, see, this is one of the we we got all week to talk about yeah. OU spring football. That's right. But man, like years from now, when we are wrapping up the final installment of this show, this will be one of the days that we look back. And on. I like, remember when we talked about poke salad. And I learned about Tony Joe White too. Poke salad and Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. Texas hot links. There you go. All right, get on over to Riverwind Casino at riverwind.com and get your tickets for Beats and Bites Festival 2022. Each individual ticket, only 5 bucks. Some great shows will start on May 28th with Night Ranger and Starship. Then we have Everclear with Sister Hazel and Deep Blue Something, the Randy Rogers Band and Scotty McCreary. Great music, great local food trucks everywhere, and a great time. Get your tickets now at riverwind.com. Locked In is up next. We'll see you.